Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. I was meditating on the Word, some of the things I ministered on this morning. You know, when that baby was born, Mary knew. Everyone else believed, but Mary knew it. I mean, when she looked into the eyes of that baby, she knew she was looking into the eyes of God. Could you imagine the impact that must have had on her? She knew it. I mean, everyone else, well, you know, the wise men, well, we believe this, but Mary knew it. She knew what happened that day when that angel came. She knew what was conceived in her womb. She knew that that baby laying in that, that was not just another human being born into the planet. That was Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And because of that, even 2,000 years later, just the, just the inspiration of knowing that there was a human being one day upon the earth that God dared to visit and impart his word to the point that he himself came and visited her and did it all for us out of his love, out of his compassion, out of his mercy. My goodness. My goodness. My goodness. What a good God we serve. What a good God we serve. Oh, thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. Now, you know, I don't understand everything about these guys. You say, man, who, who are you talking about? These, God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Ghost. I know they're real. I know they love me. I know they're more for me than I'm for myself. They're not against me. Amen. But this extremity, we can talk about power, we can talk about authority, but this extremity of the love of God. The Bible said that we would know the breadth, length, depth, and height. That we would know, that's the word experience, that we'd, we would experience the love of God. God gave us a love on such a high level that it cannot be felt with a human emotion. It must be experienced in the earth. Wow. I just can't imagine that, that morning when Jesus was there. Those shepherds and those wise men. It was like there was a procession of confirmation. This is Emmanuel. This is God with us. Hallelujah. Be seated for just a moment. Praise God. Brother Frank, if you'll stay with me for just a moment. A quick, I wasn't even going to go this direction, but the Lord said, do it. You've been teaching on healing. Actually, this will be two years we've been teaching on divine healing on our communion evening. Although we're not taking communion this evening, we will in our New Year's Eve service. Amen. Praise God. I wanted real quick, Acts chapter 14, real quick, and then we'll prepare to go in the back unless the Spirit of God just takes it over, which He very well could, and I would be glad if He did. In Acts chapter 14, a very simple story. I'm going to read it in my Passion Bible. It says in Lystra, Paul and Barnabas encountered a man who from birth had never walked, for he was crippled in his feet. He listened carefully to Paul as he preached. All of a sudden, Paul discerned that this man had faith in his heart to be healed. So he shouted, You, in the name of our Lord Jesus, stand up on your feet. 
And the man instantly jumped to his feet and stood for the first time, first time in his life, and he walked. Wow. Now that's pretty cool. How many would agree that's pretty cool? We've seen some things on that line before where people have touched and healed God. It's an amazing thing to witness, but it's even more amazing to have it happen to you. But now there's some unique things that are, that are evident here. Number one, he had a birth defect. Now think about that for a moment, which means there was something inherently wrong with him. He got it through inheritance. You say, I heard somebody even express this one time. We were doing a conference in Europe, and it was kind of a question that was asked at a round table. And it was, bless their hearts, they didn't just have, they didn't have a lot of revelation on the Word, but they wanted to know, well, if God is such a good God, how could birth defects, how could, how could uh, 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 deformities, how could, uh, you know, all these things that happen to children that are so, how could this happen if God is such a good God? Well, God's not in control down here of that. It's the result of sin is what it is, which we'll show you here in just a moment. But tonight, I want to give you one more, and I don't like to call it this, but there's really no better way to refer to it, another piece of the puzzle. And I say that because I refer back to something that happened to a, a, a man we were very acquainted with, Brother Kenneth e. Hagen, in his search for healing in his body when he was a young 17-year-old boy. And he said he told the Lord in prayer one day, he said, Lord, I, if you were to come down here and tell me that I wasn't healed, I would say, no, I believe by the Word of God that I am healed. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you do believe what you know, but it's what you don't know that's keeping you from getting that thing manifested. Amen. So sometimes we do have faith for what we know, but we just need that extra piece, whatever it may be. I mean, just think if all the knowledge you had of salvation was to believe in your heart. And you did. You believed in your heart. You believed in your heart. And then one day you got some teaching. Hey, you know, you not only need to believe in your heart, but confess with your mouth. Oh, okay. That helps me. Amen. Then next thing you know, you believe in your heart. Even though you may have been on one level just believing in your heart, when you confess with your mouth, you go to another level of reception. So here's this guy. Now, he's got a, he's got a birth defect. He's been born this way. Everybody say born this way. Now, Paul began, I like what it says. It says, he began to, let me find it here. But as Paul preached, it says of the man, he listened carefully. One translation says, he paid close attention. One translation says, he opened up the doors of his heart. Amen. Now listen, when the word of God is preached, that's why you have to learn to open the doors of your heart when the word of God is preached. You say, why? God is doing everything he can do to get revelation into you because revelation will inspire and strengthen your faith and cause you to receive from God. Everybody say, I believe I receive. Say, I believe I receive. Some of you are still fighting symptoms. I pray over you all the time. If you come to prayer, you'll hear me praying over people that I, uh, that I have, uh, that I call, uh, that are believing God for healing of what they call life diseases, diabetes, arthritis, asthma, things like that that people think they have to learn to live with. I constantly pray for you because I know you're in the process of believing you receive it. And I've got good news. You shall have it if you will not quit or back off. These life diseases are not designed to be greater than what God has done for us in Christ. Amen. So this may be another piece. Now, as he listened intently, notice this. The Bible says in the King James, Paul perceived he had faith to be healed. There is a perception of faith when it comes into people. I've seen it happen. 
I've seen it happen with the teaching of the Word of God, but I've also seen it happen in the inspiration of altar calls where the teaching of the Word of God coupled with the move of the Spirit causes a light to come into people's faces. And you can just tell. Woo! I mean, I've had people pull the power of God through me and I almost knocked me to the floor. Amen? You know what they were doing? They were pulling on what that Word said. They believed they received. As that guy began to listen intently, something dropped into his heart. What was that? It was simple biblical faith. What was Paul teaching or preaching? I'm telling you what he was preaching was redemption. Now notice this, notice this. I'll take just another quick moment. He says he listened carefully to Paul as he preached, and all of a sudden Paul uh, discerned that this man had faith to be healed, had faith in his heart to be healed. So he shouted, you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, stand up on your feet. And the man instantly jumped to his feet and stood for the first time in his life. And he walked. Now, when he made the statement, now if you go to King James and study it, he told him to rise and be healed or to get up, stand up, be healed. Amen. Now, if you go do a study of the Scripture, you see what the Apostle Paul, because his message was redemption, it was in Christ, it was what we have in Christ. So he wasn't teaching or preaching, trying to convince the man that God would heal him if he had faith. That's not what he was doing. He was not trying to say, well, Jesus healed the leper. Well, Jesus healed, healed the blind man. Jesus uh, uh, healed, the, healed the cripple. He wasn't doing that. What he was doing was he was painting the picture with his words of the redemptive side of what God has done for us in Christ. And the same phrase that is used, stand upright upon thy feet, is also translated, be forgiven of your sin." Because redemptive revelation realizes the source of all sickness and disease is the sin nature of humanity mastating into the flesh of humanity that invites the attacks of the enemy. That's where all the cancers and the itises come from. It literally comes from the devil's inspiration and man's creation of those things through what he says and believes. Because the devil's not a creator. And fallen man's a creator on the negative side. You say, oh, I don't believe that. Well, then tell me where wars come from. Tell me where all the horror that has been on the earth for 6,000 years come from. comes from man and his demented mind that has come under that has come under the auspices of an enemy of God. But thank God Jesus came and we've been healed. And I guarantee you that guy was sitting there. He was sitting there with those crippled feet and he was listening to Paul and he was fascinated. He'd never heard anything like that before. He'd only heard God did things for somebody, somebody in his sovereignty, sometimes down through the history of our nation, Israel. And then Paul began to preach, well, Jesus came and died and in his death, he took your sickness, he took your sin, he took your disease so that you don't have to bore it. Now, you aren't, we're not here trying to get God to heal you. We're just rejoicing that you are the healed of God and your faith right now can pull on your own identity and bring healing into your life. And that guy went, whoa! After Paul said, stand upright on your feet or your sins be forgiven. He was so impressed that his sins were forgiven. He realized if my sins were forgiven, then anything that I need from God is already mine. What am I doing sitting here? I think I'll stand up. Amen. Now, in closing, Christmas time, the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are gifts that are functional. There are gifts that are that are observational. 
Is that a word? If it's not, it'd be a good one. Amen. Make up my own dictionary. <laughs> you know, gifts that you just look at, like a piece of art or a sculpture, gifts you eat. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But then there are gifts that are functional. A new computer. Anybody need a new computer? Praise God. Or a, or a car, a vehicle, something, you know, that's, that you're going to use. And it. it's functional. It's not just something you're going to sit at and look at. Well, that's pretty. That's not really like that. Those, those are nice gifts too. But it's those gifts that are functional, amen, that you're going to use every day that continue to remind you that this is something pretty neat. Plus, it was a gift given to me. Amen. So the gift given to us was Jesus. But what was the function? The forgiveness of our sins. try that again Jesus was given but what was the function the forgiveness of our sin and then there's a perpetual function of the word of God that takes place after the realization of my sins are forgiven my, my spirit man has been washed clean the Bible calls it washed with fuller soap you ever read that it's actually in the scripture it's talking about a lie type of soap that they used to scrub clothes with and if they were the most stained they would apply this fuller soap upon it and it would take all of that stain out and return it back to its original color or condition amen I've always said if you need to have a tough stain you need to get out you need to shout it out Say, I'm having trouble with drugs. Shout it out. Amen. Say, I'm having trouble with this or that. Well, mate, you might need to just shout it out. But with the realization. So I begin to think about that. Because the enemy will always try to remind you of your sin nature and your, your, your events of sin. Anybody ever have any events of sin? Amen. And you get together with a bunch of your old friends and buddies and you start telling war stories about what used to happen, what used to be. Amen. And people think, well, you know, we were just having a good time back then. But in reality, all you were doing was living a life estranged from God, trying to find joy and happiness in a substance instead of a person. And then you found the person, not religion, amen. Not, not, what we used to say, not, not waving a feather, ringing a bell, amen. Lighting a candle, no. But a real person, Jesus Christ, the gift of God. I'll never forget, and I'll close with this, Bible school, Brother John Osteen, Pastor John Osteen, our pastor at the time, told a story. You know, he said he was a hard shell Baptist. How, how do you say Baptist, Baptist, Baptist born, Baptist bred, Baptist living, and Baptist dead. And then he'd say, you know, God bless the Baptist. Because he was a Baptist pastor. Amen. But he said a lot of the things of God begin to, right when they begin to, he began to get intrigued. He said he read the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then he began to cry out in his heart, where is this God? I don't know this God. He said, I, he said I, went through, I went through seminary. He said, I had two, two doctorate degrees, and I didn't know this God. So my, I began to pray, where is the God of the miraculous? Where is the God of the supernatural? And he said, during that time, he said, you know, I was, I was abjectly against praying for the sick, or, or uh, I was against the baptism and the Holy Ghost, all these different gifts of the Spirit, Pentecost, Pentecostals were just a bunch of toothless people that, you know, no other churches want, so they all gathered over there on the other side of the tracks. That's what he thought. Amen. And so he said this lady came that was a singer. She was going to sing songs. She kind of had a ministry. She would sing songs and then minister in between. She brought her own Christmas tree. Amen. And she put gifts under the tree. So they sang a couple of songs, stuff like that, turned it over to this lady. Then this lady began to talk about the gift from heaven and the gifts that he brings. 
And he began to talk about Jesus and the gift from him. And then she'd, she'd sing a song, you know, and, and everybody would kind of enjoy the song. And then he'd, they'd talk about the gift of salvation. And so he, she brought out this box and she began to unwrap it. And in the, in the inside of the box where she put out, there was, there was the scripture in John 10, 9, and 10. If thou shalt believe in thy heart, confess with thy mouth. She says, now here, here's the gift. Now here's the one, uh, here's the, uh, how'd she say it? Here's the label on the gift that makes it yours. The two is Jesus, the from is you. If thou shalt believe in the heart. And he said, I just sat there. He says, it's just like I was just literally being mesmerized by this. Says then she took out another box and she opened it up. And there was Acts chapter 2. Uh, and they all begin to speak with, the, uh, with other tongues. You know what it says there in Acts chapter 2. And he thought, he said, I don't believe in that. And he said, she began to say over and over, this is another gift. But many people have not unwrapped it yet. This was before the great charismatic move, see. God used Brother Osteen mightily in the charismatic move. She said, now this is a gift from God also, but it's not been unwrapped by many Christians. Although it's been under the tree for all of these years, it's not been unwrapped for many. And so she began to go through what the best. He says, it began to intrigue me. He began to think, he said, I began to think, there are people that know about the power of God and I don't know. I don't know about it. He said, there's people that know God more than I. He says, his heart began to yearn. And then she reached under the tree and pulled out another and had Isaiah 53 he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. Chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes I'm in. He says, this is another gift. And he said, although it's been under the tree for many years, there's many that's not unwrapped it either. He said, she sang her song and left. He said, that put me on the quest that caused me to be baptized in the Holy Ghost and to receive the things from God. He said, I totally and radically changed all of my doctrine, everything I believed. He said, I didn't renounce it. He said, I didn't do anything. He said, no. Everything that God showed me just added to what I already knew and made it come alive on the inside. Now listen, for your healing, let healing come alive in you. How does it come alive? Through your expression of it. With no symptoms in your body, with no sickness, you should still have an expression of healing. Your confession that you made. It was just something when we made that confession at the end of the service this morning, there was a real strength to that this morning. There was a real anointing to that. You say, why? Because God's not only trying to deliver, but to protect his people. Look what a protector God was of the nation, of Israel. Think how much more he's a protector of his family in the earth right now. Amen. Then through your praise and worship, even with symptoms raging in your body, you should raise your hands and worship God and glorify him and thank him that you're not trying to get something from him. He's not withholding anything from you. He is a gracious heavenly father. He's not holding back nothing at all. All you have to do is say, thank you, Father. I believe I receive it. My sins are forgiven. And I'm the healed of the Lord. The commentary I read that talked about the phrase, in Acts chapter 14, said if you go do a study of all of the times that Jesus used that, thy sins are forgiven, you can also in the Greek see the words, and you are healed in your body. Amen. I've got good news, church. You got a gift from God. Thank God you've unwrapped it. Your sins are forgiven. The sin nature that was on the inside of you has been eradicated. Your sins are remitted. I'm telling you, fuller, the fuller soap has cleansed your spirit, man, and you're white on the inside, and you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. White meaning purity, amen? So you've got to understand, healing is the same way as your salvation. You're forgiven by God. You're healed of God. You're forgiven by God. You're healed of God. You're forgiven by God. You're healed of God. It's part of your identity. You're saved. You're healed. 
Who are you? I'm the saved and the healed of God. I'm the empowered of God. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the signs and wonders of God. I'm the miraculous of God. When you get all those I am's, you begin to identify with the great I am and the reality of that I am in your life begins to show up in your flesh and your finances every place else you need. Aren't you glad? Lift your hands. Father, we worship you. We glorify your holy name. And Lord, here in a season of gift giving, let the greatest gift ever given continue to impact our lives in such a way that the glory of who you are and the goodness of all that you're doing radiates in and through our lives to touch the hearts of people. Father, we thank you. We see in this world system how quickly a disease, an infirmity, an attack of the devil can go around this planet in almost a 24-hour period. And we thank you, Father, your glory is greater than any infectious sickness, any type of disease. And I thank you, Father, as we are contending for refreshings, revivings, movings of God's outpourings of the Holy Ghost, healing revivals, souls being brought into the kingdom. We thank you as quickly as the devil has caused something to go around this planet. We thank you, Father, you will do also. And even in a quicker measure, as you prepare men and women's hearts for the greatness of that which you are doing and going to do in our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So, how many of you in your life, you feel like you're either really being pulled toward or you're moving toward just getting closer to God than you ever have before? I know I sense that in my life. I remember I used to be very intimidated by people who were very, very close to God. Uh, 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 one of my mentors and teachers, Mama Ward, Sister Frances Ward, I never saw anybody. She was so close to God. She could look at you and read your mail. She could tell by how you were talking, where you were out at in faith. But I would watch her as she sang and she worshiped God. She had this voice. You could not mistake Mama Ward's voice. Her mother was an opera singer, sung for Houston uh, Metropolitan. Uh, 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 Mima Brandt? Brandt, was it? Brandt, I think Brandt was her name. And she could, she could sing, but she could also minister in the Holy Ghost and the Spirit. But I used to watch her, and she'd worship. And without exception, she'd begin to weep. Tears would begin to roll down her face. And she would become very emotional in her worship. And I used to think to myself, what, what has she got that I don't have? What is she doing that I'm not doing? And I found out it's all in the pursuit. Because when you pursue something you really want, when you get it, there's nothing else like it. And God knows that. That's why he puts this little nudge in you to pursue him. Uh, 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 Brother Paul Trocco mentioned this on, on Wednesday night. I, I, I've not remembered this for many years, but the thing that he talked about in the book, Beyond the Gates, this woman that had this experience in heaven, which I believe to be the most credible, because uh, 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 Gordon Lindsay went in and put to chapter and verse just about every experience she had. But she said in heaven, as she approached Jesus, he was talking with a group of about eight or ten people. 
And she knew that she could not walk up there and interrupt, but she needed. Now, did you hear that? She needed. She needed Jesus. So she said, he's talking, he's talking. These men are intently listening. And he says, just for a fraction of a second, he turns and looks at her and the need that she had was supplied because he's the God that supplies all of your needs. Now you have to listen to that. That's not chapter and verse according to the experience, but in the Word of God it says He is the God that supplies all of our need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That was an experience in heaven, but He's the same Father of he- in heaven that He is on earth, the same family. You may have a need tonight. This Christmas season may have found you in need, whether it be in your family, in your finances, in your health, no matter what it is, I've got good news. He is the God that supplies all of your need. If there are things in your life that you're dealing with that are very negative and you say, Pastor, I'm just having a real difficult time with life itself. Listen, just, just, just turn a little more to Him. Take a closer step to Him. Realize and recognize, I don't believe I've ever felt such a draw of the Father's heart upon His children. A lot of people aren't getting it. A lot of people aren't. They're just like, eh, you know, it's church. You can come and go. They're really making you. No, no. There's a real strong draw of the Father's heart upon his children right now. And I believe we respond in few. But then what God does, he increases that because our zeal, our happiness, our needs being met, our fellowship with him, it just gets on people. It's contagious. A super spreader event. Amen. So before we receive our offering and dismiss, lift your hands. Father, right now, I pray for every person in this place. Lord, we teach your word faithfully. We don't play games. We don't, we, don't, we don't mess around with the world and its system and its information, trying to convince people we know something others don't. No, we're sticking right with the letter of the word of God. Jesus the Savior, Jesus the Healer, Jesus the Baptizer in the Holy Ghost, Jesus our all in all, Jesus the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, and Jesus our soon coming King. And Father, we know in an instant of time, you can take and turn up the volume of the move of God and around this world, harvest will begin to come in. Let the expectancy of our heart turn in that direction and let us stand in faith, believing every need we have is supplied so that we can be healthy, wealthy, and happy going into the harvest for the extreme work that it will be in the days ahead. We will be ready, willing, and able to walk by faith and walk, you said, even in the powers of the world to come. We will not be weary in well-doing. I know as we draw nine to you, you draw nine to us. And we declare every person in this place the healed of God, the delivered of God, and the peace of God be upon you in Jesus' name. Thank you for the blessing of your word working in our lives. Thank you that all you're doing, Father, all you're doing in us, with us, and through us shall in the days ahead be recognized and realized as that that only God can do. For we, Lord, are a willing people, willing for you to be glorified and exalted in our midst. Hallelujah. Now just take a moment and tell him that you love him. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I keep trying to close. Now let me say this, and I'll try to close. You can do it.
You say, do what? You think in your spirit or in your heart, I know what he's talking about. I know that's what I, but there's been such a hesitancy. And really, it's not a real hesitancy. It's a resistance against you. Do you understand that? Because see, the enemy's a blamer. He'll always blame it on you. You know, you just don't feel like it. You just don't want to. You don't want to take time. You don't want to get off of the couch. You don't want to turn off the TV. You don't want to go grab the Bible. You don't want to say, you know, see, he's blaming you. When actually what he's doing is he's suppressing you and suppressing your mind with those kinds of thoughts. And you're looking for God to break you through. But he's not doing it. So what you've got to do is you've got to break through on your own. And you make, when you make that one decision, okay, Lord, because of what he's doing and he's beckoning you, that's why the devil's using it against you to try and mock you and give you guilt and condemnation. I remember one time I was unable to prepare like I usually did, as was my routine when I was on the field. And going into a meeting, I was apprehensive because I didn't get to pray as much as I would have liked to have prayed and prepared. And God began to show me some tremendous things. Number one, he showed me, none of this that's going on is about you anyway. It's about the needs of these people. That'll humble you real quick, amen. I mean, he spoke, spoke out of a donkey one time, amen. <laughs> Over to God. But you've got to realize something. Your initiation of anything in the kingdom and anything toward God, God responds to. For the first two or three years, Breland was here on the earth. I was traveling a lot. And Leah would always try to get an acknowledgement out of Breland. When I would come home, she would have her in her arms and she'd say, look, there's daddy. And Breland would go. <laughs> she kind of had the tuck head, amen. But she grew out of that. And you know, everything I am and I have is hers. Whether or not she responded to me or not, she's my child, Amen. But one day I came home, and, and Leah goes, look, Breland, there's Daddy. And Breland goes. Now, everything that was already hers, because she was in the family, because of that one response, I'm going to work to try to get it into her life. Sometimes your father's just looking for this. All right, God. All right, God. I give it up. I surrender all. Here I am. You got me. You got me. Because it's always his love and his great compassion. It'll get you. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. I am the healed of God. I am the healed of God. Healed is who I am in Christ Jesus. He paid the price. I'm the beneficiary. I'm the healed of God. My body is the healed of God. My body is the healed of God. My body is the healed of God in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Stand on your feet, Father. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the celebration of the one that was born in Bethlehem's manger, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Yes, Mary knew. We know she knew. And now we know. When we look into the Word, we look into the eyes of God. 
We thank you for it, Father. Let our fellowship be sweet. Lord, you said when we fellowship in Christ, the blood of Jesus is activated. We thank you, Father, that as we encourage and bless one another during the next few days and weeks, your great presence is in us, on us, and among us. Lord, as we go back tonight, celebrate everything that has to do with this season of the year. Thank you that we never forget the importance of us bringing it out of our lives and giving it to people every day. We love you, Lord. We glorify your name. We glorify and thank you for Jesus. It's in his name we pray and everyone says. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.